<laughs> not rigged up. I figured you could just insert a song. Uh, I could, but that sounds a lot like work. Welcome back, everybody. This is the file drawer. How do you like that? That was great. Back, we're back to our glory days. Our first couple episodes were uh, you you doing the the song, the intro song. So I like it. <laughs> back, back back when this uh, back when this podcast was good. I'm gonna I'm gonna set up a domain called website called mouthsounds.org. <laughs> I just I, I look for for five dollars. I'll make any sort of mouth sound. That's for anybody. a great business idea. Let's five dollars. Let's let's shutter this and start that. That sounds like a great, great business, dude. And um, <laughs> you, Mister, you, Mister Calling. What's it? What, what was it called? Like in the twenties, the like radio dramas and the sound effect. Fo- Foley. Foley iron. Yeah, yeah Foley. that's you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> give me, give me, give me a horse. Give me, give me a tired horse walking through gravel. Uh, great, great stuff. Guess what happens to that tired horse, right? Did he stop walking? Oh no! Oh, you blow his brains out. You make some glue. You make glue and Jello. And Jello. The essentials. Yeah, actually, yeah. Does it even make glue? I don't know. I know it makes Jello. No, I think yeah, yeah. There's, there's. I think there's horse and glue, or there used to be. Jello is my go-to. I don't know. Jello is such a touchy subject nowadays because of the whole Bill Cosby oh. situation. Well, he was more <laughs> of a, a, a pudding. Uh, the the oh yeah, I guess it was Jello too, wasn't it? Yeah, never mind. Pudding, the pudding, the pudding pops. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. Let's not talk about Bill Cosby. It's not talking about Bill Cosby. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, yeah. After uh, last week's recording, I, I know you said you were sick last week. Yeah, I wasn't feeling the greatest. I don't know. When you say you weren't feeling the greatest, um, exactly what does that mean? Uh, basically, I had I was I was feeling just kind of overall tired, but also like scratchy eyes, uh, runny nose. Uh, I don't think I ever had a fever. I, I think I think I landed on it being allergies, but it, I guess yeah, it wasn't very enjoyable. What did you did I did I pass something along to you over the interwebs? Well, it's it sounded to me like you had allergies, yeah, but maybe you did, maybe you did because. Um, a couple of days later, I don't remember. I don't remember exactly when we recorded, but I got sick, dude, and mm. it was it was bad. Like I think I had a fever. I didn't measure it, but I definitely was hot. At one point, it only happened one time, but uh, yeah, my body was evacuating itself from from uh, multiple oh. orifices oh. Uh, <laughs> coming out of both ends. <laughs> Uh, that only happened once, but uh, I'm like, what is going on? So I think it was a stomach bug. I guess a stomach bug was kind of going oh, yeah. around, or maybe maybe you ate something. Maybe you had some, some food. Nah, because no? um, other people I know ah, was yeah. around had it and all that stuff. And okay, yeah. Well, well do you feel so better good. now? Yeah, I feel a lot better now. You, you sound great. Thanks. You sound Thank chipper. You. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Call me uh, Ch- Chip. Chipperton. Chip, chip Chipperton. Yep, that's you. You are a Chip, chip Chipperton today. I'm your, I'm your little Chip 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 Chip. <laughs> uh, so how, yes. how, how are things down south? They're good. They're good. Nice. You guys getting this, any of this cold weather? It's cold. Yeah. It's cold. How cold is cold? Um, Everybody cold. loves hearing people talk about the weather. Yeah, no, we're not, it's cold <laughs> enough. I don't like the cold, so anything gotcha. below it's legit. Months. It's legit cold here today and yesterday. We're talking yeah. like single digits. 
That's see that doesn't make any sense. Why? <laughs> this is so ridiculous. Yeah. Wow. I I uh I was walking outside earlier this morning and and literally in less than thirty seconds I could feel my mustache freezing. You know, that's that's why I'm all for global warming. Oh god. No, I'm just joking. Because <laughs> I guess and also what people don't realize is the uh global warming uh which let's say climate change is the, what you mm-hmm. should call it, just results in um wild weather yeah kind of, fluctuations like, fluctuations yeah and more the highs more the lows but that's always people's argument well <sighs> how can you explain yeah how can you explain that it being so cold if global warming i hate ah. that that's the most asinine thing like argument ever like it was cold yesterday oh, that's uh, i don't even i'm trying to come up with like a, meta, a metaphor or, or a, a similar it's like it's like saying after a big meal you know, i'm not hungry i'm never gonna eat again Ah, uh, uh, so it makes me angry. You just reminded me of um, a blog, <laughs> a blog that again it was. I only came up with the blog title um, when you, you said the word asinine, mm-hmm. and so I, I had this title for a blog that I was going to try to do. Never did it. Um, hey, maybe I should do it a podcast now. I don't know. There you go. Um, the, the, the title though was going to be this. It was going to be called Asinine Thoughts. And, I, I, and with a play on the word, maybe a misspelling of the word because I'm not really sure how exactly it's called Asinine. What is it? What is it? A, A-S, A-S-S. No, there's only one S. All right. So A-S-I-N-I-N-E, I think. All right. So it's going to be a play on words. But the name of the uh, blog, I had it on Blogger. I was going to call it Ass in Nine Thoughts. Nice. Where I just go on like basically by the ninth point, you would hate my view. Yeah, that's, that's, that's about it. You make, you make nine points, nine arguments that, you know, either through text. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know. But through the process, they just become more and more ridiculous. And by the end of you either reading it or if it's a podcast, hearing it, you're like, who is this? Who is this ass <laughs> of a person? There you go. Well, but it was going to be like comedic. It was going to be an attempt to be comedic or ridiculous, mm-hmm. ridiculous and absurd. You're never Whatever. ridiculous and absurd. But that reminded me of that, which is something. Well, I mean, it sounds like this podcast is turning into us uncovering or rediscovering your business ideas. So I'm, I'm, we now have two. So let's jot them down and jot them down. You know, Five, put them seven dollar idea. <laughs> <laughs> it's not gonna make it well, I would say that just reminds me. I mean, anytime I come up with any sort of potential business idea or website or something, I always go and see if the URL is available. And if the URL is available, I will buy it. Uh, so that has resulted in me having some absurd URLs over the years, and I don't please, have any off the top of my head. Please tell me you have a list that you no. have. And I, because I, I've, I've kind of broken myself of that because I kind of, I, I have things that are taking up all my time now. So I didn't renew any of them. But mm-hmm. I know in the past I've had upwards of like probably ten or fifteen URLs that I grabbed just in case. Yeah, you know, you shouldn't. You had Yahoo. Like that. What's, what, what, what would be a most more ridiculous example? Uh, edit that out. I'm going to start trying to say a better joke now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not you going had, to. You had, I don't know, you had that old Google.com URL back in the day, huh? Right. What's, what's, a, what's a new website? That just, a new website. What's uh, a newer website? Our, our website's pretty new. Ours is not worth any money now. Oh, yeah, you're right. Uh, I'm thinking about like a a newer type of website that you could have now sold for like $2 million, I don't know, a million dollars, or hmm. let's say a quarter million dollars hmm. to a successful well, company. Think about it this way. If you, so 
Apple announced the Apple Watch, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't think they have, they've had that URL forever. If you were thinking far enough ahead and just kind of predicted that Apple was going to make a watch and you bought Apple Watch many years ago, you might be able to turn that around. I think you would have had to buy it at such a long time ago because I think there's some laws that might help protect uh, uh, big like, companies. You can't like domain squat? Uh, with caveat. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think it's more complex than that. Um, or you have to at least offer right. you can't, a reasonable price or, yeah. or something. I, I may be totally wrong about this, but um, especially big companies, I think it would be difficult. And also they have more lawyers, so yeah. I, wouldn't try, I wouldn't try to challenge true, that. True, true. Yeah, you probably don't want to get into a lawyer battle with Apple. Uh, but I know, I mean, for example, I've tried to buy uh, workologist.com because right now my website is theworkologist.com. Yeah. And there is nobody on workologist.com, but it's not available. So if somebody has bought it and they're doing nothing with it, and basically if you go and try to yeah. buy it, you can make a bid on it or you can like negotiate with the guy who has it. And he's not doing anything with it. He's just trying to sell it to somebody who will do something with it. And that's super frustrating, but also an easy way to make a buck. Yeah, I, I tried to buy ericmiddleton.com, um, and apparently Eric Middleton owns it and is just sitting on it without doing the, doing anything with it. Okay, they need to okay they need to come up with like a third party organization where that resolves issues like this, where all the Eric Middletons that want this domain, as, and so assuming there's a domain that's not being used, all of you, everybody who wants it has to go and make their case to this organization, and they decide which Eric Middleton is most deserving of the domain. I think we should, and that it, it includes it includes uh, feats of physical strength, yeah. uh, wit, uh, lots of lots of categories. I think you're trying to stack the decks in my favor, sir. I'm, try- <laughs> I, I'm wanna, trying to help you out there. I want to use an existing. Um, uh, arena that has already been established through a movie that we like to call Mad Max Thunderdome, <laughs> the sir. Thunderdome. Okay. Thunderdome. Two men enter, one man exits yeah, with the domain. With the domain. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nerd Thunderdome. Thunderdome. <laughs> oh man. Well, so, um, yeah. Tell me about. I guess the past week. I mean, for you, hmm, like, what's, what's been going on? Hmm, hmm. Well. Uh, since we last spoke, I have continued to not work. I took the entire week off, nice. which has been pretty great. Uh, and I'm trying to think back as to what I've done over the past week. And it, uh, it is escaping me. I've, I've, actually, I've gone to the gym a couple times. Um, did you? Yeah. Yeah, that's which, exciting. Did you just sit around doing the uh, elliptical? You look, no. like a, you look like a guy who goes mm. to the elliptical. Really? Goes, just uh, gets on the elliptical all day. I have a feeling you're trying to insult me. But you know what? I'm gonna take it as a compliment. No, I went on the treadmill and the bike. Uh, and then other than that, <laughs> why, why would the elliptical be offensive? I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. You go in. You go in circles or ellipses. <laughs> it's it's easy on your knees. You should be out there tearing up your knees. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I don't it's know. Good. So yeah, did that. I visited some friends and some my cousin, checking out his new house. Actually, going to see – so my cousin, he's basically my age. He's uh, like six months older than me. He has a, a a young kid and just bought a house. So he's like 100% adult, um, which is, I guess it's funny like because I don't have a kid. Obviously, I'm not married, nor do I own a house. Um, but I went over there and the house is a bit – it's a little bit of a fixer-upper, although it's a fixer-upper because he likes fixing up things. Yeah. If I lived there, it would be like, yeah. 
Yeah, you can throw a little paint on there. It'll be good to go. They're like tearing out walls, oh, wow. uh, rerouting heating and stuff. And my oh, brother, okay. my brother who works in construction management, came over with me, and they're having this conversation about tearing out walls and where you'd have to remove the ductwork. And and I'm just sitting there twiddling my thumbs. I basically that what that visit. Uh, revealed to me is that if I ever have to do major house renovations, I am screwed. I no, know. you're not because you have them. <laughs> I have them. Down. Exactly. No, that's, the, that's, yeah, that's the main, I guess that's the, that's the, the secondary point that I have uh, discovered. But man, <laughs> I just felt, I've never felt less like a stereotypical man than hanging out with my cousin and my brother, yeah. two construction guys. Yeah. Having those skills is awesome, man. Oh, I know. Just, I'm so, uh, and you just do the work yourself. Yeah. Um, obviously time especially if you enjoy it yeah. too though I mean like, he enjoys yeah. that stuff so not it's not like a slog of work that he just has to get through over the next you know year and a half yeah. it's projects that he's doing with his dad his dad is good at that as well and you know, it's going to be time they spend together and yeah he enjoys it so yeah you know I enjoy aspects of that stuff but I definitely would not have the vision or the sort of enough knowledge to sort of do it myself. Yeah. But I, I've done like, you know, like the habitat for humanity oh, okay. stuff where it's like cookie cutter, you know, it's like, yeah. it's almost like they just point to stuff and tell you what to do. But I, I enjoyed that process. You still develop some basic skills like swinging a hammer and stuff. I'm yeah, guessing yeah. doing that. I mean, I've already, come on, sir. I already, <laughs> already had those skills. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But, uh, yeah. But to be able to do that yourself, man, would be, uh, yeah, really, really good. Um, yep. So that's not me. I'm going to have to buy a house that doesn't require a whole lot of work or I'm just going <laughs> to, the thing is like, I'm all for learning new things, right? But I don't yeah. want to be learning new things in the house, like where I'm living. And you know, I'm going to tear down a wall for the first time in my life right here in my house. Yeah. Uh, Everything is on YouTube, though. You know, that's true. Someone, Everything someone, is on YouTube. Someone just told me a similar thing. I can't remember who was just telling me this. Um, but they know someone who bought a house and basically, basically they, they, I guess they don't really know construction that well, but mm-hmm. I guess they're skilled enough at basics mm-hmm. and they're basically taking a long time to fix it but they're just finding youtube stuff yeah. you know they're finding videos online yeah. and in saying that my mom just got um our bathroom re- redone mm-hmm. uh, so they she put in like a you know it's like the upstairs that you know bathroom that me and my sister used to use but uh mm-hmm. i guess she decided she wanted to get fancy now that the kids are out <laughs> <laughs> um but uh, she put in a granite countertop Ooh, and uh no looking at it and I just probably again, I don't know. I don't want to tell, talk too much about other people's business, but uh, just looking at it, I looked at it. I was like, oh, this doesn't. This seems off. And it looks like you know, when, when you put in the granite countertops, when it's done in pieces, mm-hmm. um, like you know, because obviously you can't. Sometimes you can't find a piece of granite big enough or whatever. Right. Um, or, or sometimes they have to seam the granite together. There's a way to do it. And I want to say it was done what I would call incorrect without knowing anything. <laughs> um, that that, that doesn't stop you passing judgment. I uh, know. No, then I proceeded to a start looking at, you know, looking searching on Google. I was mm-hmm. like, you know, I didn't, I didn't know what the, what it was called before, but I was like joining granite countertops or blah blah blah. I found out it's called a seam, mm-hmm. and it's a seam within the granite. What a what, a, what, a, look, what a tricky tricky uh, name on that. I, it's a basic name, but I get it. I know nothing. <laughs> and then I start you know looking at videos, and I'm like, you know, you know what? I'm mean, I'm definitely right. You know, other people when they if they do have to seam these two rocks together or mm-hmm. you know th- these two pieces together, the seam is usually looks like it's been done with a nice saw. It's a straight line. Um, it looks like on our on our countertop, it looks like the person accidentally dropped it or something and then tried <laughs> to put it back together. It's not it's not the worst job ever, but it def- yeah. definitely is not like a clean look. Yeah. And I've learned that not knowing anything, 
from searching on the internet. Nice. Videos, you know? You know what? I actually have something to contribute here. Yesterday, hanging out with my, my brother and my cousin, I learned about granite. And, mm-hmm. and how – because they were – I think my cousin was asking my brother about the difference between like granite and quartz. Yeah. And quartz is man-made. And the thing with, with getting a granite countertop is that if basically they either mess up cutting it out or you end up needing more than you thought, it's hot. It's unlikely that you will get a piece from the exact same slab because yes. you go out and yeah. pick a slab and, and yeah. So that's why a lot of people suggest going with, with quartz. But I also just had this realization. I was speaking with my brother on the way to my cousin's house and we were talking about this podcast actually because he listens to it. And he said listening to us talk about ice fishing was ponderous. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> ponderous because we have no idea what we're talking about. And this just strikes me that he is now going to listen to us talking about construction and just rage turn off the, the, the radio. Oh, so, 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 he, so he was getting mad? Well, it's just like you, he, he knows a lot about this stuff. And we're just sitting there talking about it. Like, not that we, we're not trying to say that we know what's going on, but – we obviously have no freaking clue, and he just wanted to like reach through and tell us things. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. You <laughs> so know so we're not helping by, do, by having this conversation. <laughs> Sorry, Nate. Sorry. I know you're raging right now. Oh, man. Hey, well, you have to get him to call in. Uh, yeah. No, yeah, we'll have to, we'll have to get him point. on. He told me some crazy stuff about this ice fishing in Wisconsin that he does. What, Insane well, tell me stuff. I, well, tell me if I was right about moving the hole. Oh, he said it's a pain in the ass to move the hole. <laughs> You're right. It You're said right. it's like 30-something <laughs> inches deep where they go fishing. And and to move the hole – like they have this guy has like his company is like cuts holes in ice for ice fishermen. Oh, and you hilarious. cut this huge block oh. out and you have to get four four guys oh. with like sticks like trying to, <laughs> trying to roll it underneath the ice to like open up the hole. And it's really hard and it's crazy. By the way, this makes me so happy about. Uh, um, I'm so happy about how wrong I was about that. And so, like, yeah, if he has any um, anything to comment about uh, uh, granite countertop seams, let yeah. me know. Yeah, I'll, I'll see. You. I'll get. Uh, I'll get Nate on that for you. Yeah, I'm cry- I'm crying, dude. <laughs> I'm crying. My eyes are tearing. <laughs> I think, although I do think there is, there are types of ice fishing where you can just like make a hole pretty easily on your own. Where laser, the ice isn't man. isn't that deep. You get I, laser beams. Laser, laser beams. beams. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> yes. Everybody knows you use your ice laser. Yeah. Oh yeah. Of course. You just pull it out of your your tackle box and use your yeah. ice laser to cut a hole. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. Um, um, I actually got I actually got some uh, fan mail from a very special <laughs> fan. All right. Um, was it who, was uh, it addressed be... Was it addressed specifically to you? It was it was handed to in a box. Okay. <laughs> um, no, it was, it was mailed. Okay. Um, someone who listened to the, um, hope that the episode whatever about gummy bears. I mean, so wait, just as a recap, this was the story about your your tragic story about ordering a drink that was supposed to have gummy bears in it and it had no gummy bears. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Oh, hey, by the way, also, um, um, I went out with some friends maybe a couple weeks ago uh-huh. and out. Uh, we went to this bowling alley called King Bowl in Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, got a gummy bear drink. Guess oh what it had in it? Gummy yeah, I'm, guess, I'm, I'm guessing it had gummy bears in it. It had three. Mm-hmm. It had three. I would have liked more gummy bears if you're gonna. Yeah, make that it. seems low. Yeah, but it was it was adequate. It was okay. it was it felt good. Okay, you know, it was satisfying. Yeah, and so um, going back to the, uh, the, the yes the fan fan, fan mail. mail. 
Uh, gummy bear keg. Five pounds what? of gummy bears. <laughs> Let me just read to you. Gummy bears, the ultimate party animals, is what the, is what the barrel says. It says, <laughs> this is hilarious. It says, leading cause of embarrassment since 1922, <laughs> apparently. But guess who it's not embarrassing? Not me. to you. There you are, love gummy bears. There are um, approximately 57 servings per this container. And how big is a serving? Uh, 40 grams. They don't have the actual oh, they don't number. Have number of bears. How, how many grams is a bear? Nobody knows how. <laughs> you're asking ridiculous questions. I want to know how many gummy bears are in this keg. That's what um, I'm trying to do with some know. basic math here. I don't know how many grams are in a bear. Or how many bear whatever. How many grams a bear is. I bet you I bet you it's like three maybe three bears per gram, is my guess. Three bears per gram? Yeah. Huh. Well see, I use like fourteen grams of coffee in the morning when I make one cup of coffee, and that doesn't that's not very much. No, I bet you it's less than that. Because there's no way – yeah, no, I bet you it's like a bear I'd say gram. it's a handful. I, I would say it's a handful. What, you think a handful of gummy bears is one gram? Those gummy bears are light, man. They're made with um... – <sighs> They're not <laughs> – okay. <laughs> Somebody yeah. out there tell us how heavy a gummy bear is. Wait, that's what Google is for. Can we Google that? Oh, yeah, Google that. I'm trying. I'm, remember, I'm holding my mic so I only have one hand. Oh, all right. No, no. I, I got my little tail. How heavy Watch this. is gonna, a gummy bear? How heavy is a gummy bear? I'm looking it up right now. Are you using voice recognition? Yes. You should be. <laughs> you should be, sir. Oh, what the heck? Uh, <laughs> this Okay, I'm not using Google. I've been using DuckDuckGo, and it's kind of failing me here. <laughs> what? what? What are you using? Go- DuckDuckGo. It's, a, it's another that? search engine that like, basically builds itself as the uh, – anti-Google in terms of privacy stuff. Like, they don't track you at all or anything. Oh, yeah. So I, I like supporting things like that. Hey, by the way, when they say they're not tracking you, they're probably tracking you. Okay, um, but their whole thing... I, okay, yeah, yeah okay, I guess so. so. Something's tracking you. Um, so on Yahoo Answers, it looks like someone has okay. asked this question. Yahoo Answers, God. Yeah, it's, it's some random person that says it, but they say best answer, 2.2 grams. Per um, gummy bear? Uh, hmm. Let's see. All right, and this is... On thecaloriecounter.com, they have a nutrition facts of some gummy bear container, and it's saying that serving size, 10 gummy bears, is 22 grams. So, All right, so half a gram? So, no. no. 2.2 2 grams. Yeah, I guess so. So, two grams per bear. Okay. Well, all I'm seeing when I Googled here you're, you're are the point extremely the point large gummy bears. That's a 26-pound gummy bear? You kidding yeah. me? That's a large. That's a. That's half that's the like size a, of this container. That's like a gummy child. How do you do it? What do you do with that? You sit down with a fork and a knife and you eat it like a gentleman. Yeah, but dude, you know how sick you'd be. I'd be sick, and I. I like so gummy bears. my question about the gummy bear keg is that you're are you bringing it back to California or are you planning on finishing it before you you leave? Yeah, that's a good question. I, <laughs> oh yeah. Oh man. Well, the thing weighs. Five pounds, so I could carry, I could get it in my luggage. Yeah, easily. Or I could eat them all and then bring the keg back as and then refill it. Into- mm, that's a good. That's a good that idea. Because I, you know, I do. I'm not gonna eat them all, but I do appreciate the uh, sprouts gummy bears. Yeah, yeah, they're pretty you, good. You can usually get. I mean, they have them on sale. I think the sale price is sometimes one ninety nine. They're in that the, the bulk bin, right? Yeah. Use, use the the shovel and shovel them into a bag. By the yes. way, this twenty six pound gummy bear is one hundred and fifty dollars. 
And it comes that's, in four different flavors, but they're all obscene. sold out. That's obscene. And in the picture, they are showing somebody eating it with like a, a knife and a fork. That's obscene. That's disgusting. I'm, <laughs> I'm getting this for your birthday. Um, so you got some gummy bears. That's that's awesome. I'm sorry. I keep interrupting your story. Is there more to it? Uh, No. Are they good gummy bears? Are they good vintage? I have not opened them yet. What? You should open them on the air and eat one. All right. We'll do that. Okay. You give it, give it, give it some filler. Actually, this, yeah, this thing has. Yeah, like, I'll, I'll talk. This thing uh, has like this weird. Um, hold on a second. Oh. <laughs> there we go. I'll, I'll ruffle the bag so you can All tell. Right. So, is the keg sounds metallic? Is that is that right? The keg is metallic, yes, sir. Like a, like a popcorn thing, sort it's of. Like a tin, perhaps. Okay. Like a tin. You know, like okay, a, yeah. Like a cookie tin. Okay. But it's tall, and it has a bag of gummy bears inside, which I'm you know I'm. I'm not going to lie, a little disappointed that it wasn't filled up almost to the brim. So what I might do is fill this gummy bear tin without bag up all the way to the brim when I get back. I'll bet you, yeah. There you, and I'll bet you that that'll, that'll be more than five pounds. That'll be yeah. that'll be satisfying. Then I'll put it out into the sun and let it just <laughs> oh, melt oh, and solidify oh, into oh, a big gummy, gummy bear. column. Yeah. You could do that and over and over and then make yourself like a gummy Acropolis. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. You think about how many drinks you can make with this gummy bear collection that you have. Probably a lot. Probably Especially a lot. We've been talking about gummy bears way too long. I'm uncomfortable. I'm, nah, I'm I like it. I'm just sitting here browsing through Google, learning a lot about gummy bears. Um. Anyway, mm. Mm. are they good? Mm. Mm. Well, so let me first describe my gummy bear eating technique. <laughs> you have I a dump, technique. Of course just, you do. I just dump it. All flavors into the hand. Okay. And just throw them all in my mouth. Really? But then, after that one, that first experience, I like to then go back and individually put a flavor into the mouth so I can experience the individual flavor by itself. Gotcha. Now, That's, that makes a lot of sense. You can't tell the difference between the flavors. You know what I taste? Sugar. Horse. Coloring. Horse. And gummy. There's probably horse and gummy bears, isn't there? I hope so. Why not? Don't get so excited that you choke right, or anything. There's so many gummy bears. Oh, gummy bears. All right, okay. I'm, done. All right I'm done. All right, cool. Yep, yeah, there's definitely horses and gummy bears. Is there? I'm pretty sure there. it's gelatin. Is there horse <laughs> in gummy bears? I like that it sounds like you're talking really slowly to me and asking me to like look it up. <laughs> but you have to talk really slowly so I understand. Ah, mm. uh, cool. All right. All right. So what have uh, what have you been up to the past week? You you've been doing some work, haven't you? I've been doing work, man. I'm, you are a machine. Uh, not not no. Okay. I've been trying to get my thesis stuff done. Nice. And so how can, is that going? It's going well, man. I've I've made a lot of progress. I've done my analyses. Now I'm trying to um, write up the discussion section. Nice. Really trying to think of impl- implications and yeah. stuff. But. Do you have do you have do you have things to say? Uh, almost. I was, I was trying to think about this a little while ago. So, just uh, recap a couple of the couple of my results, or let me summarize the, the basic premise of the study. Please do that. I did with um that I did was uh I'm interested in exploring things that help explain why leaders act in their self interest. Um, at the detriment of the collective interest, 
in the organizations that they work. So uh, numerous examples that you could cite, um, especially like, you know, during the 90s, early 2000s, all these scams. Mm-hmm. Um, Enron is everyone Enron's, talks about. Tycos, yeah. uh, WorldCom, you know, those types of things are sort of the notable organizations. A lot of times, most, most of those examples really uh, tend to uh, really focus on money and, the, you know, you know Fake in the books and all that stuff, but um, uh, self-serving serving behaviors can really take um, can really um, uh, come up as like a lot of different things. So, leaders who think that they're automatically entitled to something as basic as better parking lots, better whatever you know, they can leave whenever they want, right? You know? um, uh, things like that. They can treat people. Uh, the individuals uh, bad, you know, things like that. It kind of um, gives a, an overall sense of entitlement or acting yeah, in an entitled yeah. way. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I'm interested in sort of exploring that. But I'm really interested in exploring it from, guess what, you know, the topic that we've talked about. Uh, identity, self. Yeah, from like an identity perspective. So yeah. what what, what about them? What about their self-concept um, um, produces these certain behaviors? Because identity is a big One's identity is a big uh, sort of guide. It, it's a it's a big factor that plays a role in guiding one's behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, in my thesis research, I was exploring first. Like, I guess the primary relationship was a leader's motivation for leading. So, motivation to lead is the construct in relation to self serving behaviors or prevalence of self serving behavior. Um, and I guess I'll just kind of talk about. The, the more interesting yeah, findings. Definitely. Um, uh, and I, all right, so I basically sent out a survey, and it's all this is all survey research, so um, it's correlational. Uh, but I sent out a survey to a database of leaders, got about 364 usable responses. Um, and I sent you, out two when sur- you when you say leaders, who kind of more specifically, who are these people? Uh, it's people that um, were on a database of leaders. Who are either uh, managers or like C-suite executive types? Okay, um, that's the category mm-hmm. for which someone who gave me the, the email list searched the database for, mm-hmm. uh, and um, or at least as of like I guess a couple of years ago, that's when the database was uh, generated. So people who um, who also have at least three or more direct reports who are underneath them, um, as well as have more than you know a couple of years of experience. So it didn't really – I don't have any information on the industry that they're mm-hmm. in or anything like that. Um, yeah, in, in terms of the, the level of detail uh, about – the level of detail regarding like, you know, where they work and place of business, the type of organization, I don't have that information. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, I was using kind of a convenient source. Right, right, right. Being a database that, you know um, – I mean, that, I mean that, makes, that makes sense. And I – I mean, I, I think you could also, if what you're uncovering, and again, you haven't gone into your uh, results yet, but I mean, I'm guessing it's not going to be industry specific. You know, it's no. it's, it's more of a larger, more general uh, thing that you're looking at. Yeah. Cool. All right. And carry so, on. Um, and just to kind of describe the constructs. Um, so yeah. I'm not describing everything I was surveyed, but I'll just describe the ones I'll talk about. Um, so the independent variable, or I guess the predictor, um, Variable is non-calculative motivation to lead, and this construct really um, describes 
a leader's motivation for leading that are a result of them not really being or not considering the things that they have to give up or the things that they get for choosing to lead. So it's a person who's not calculative um, about their reasons for leaving. Okay. So an example what, well, yeah, of that okay, is, I was gonna say, what's an, an example, example of, of that, that would be a, a leader. Um, so a person that would think about the leader role and say, Oh, I've got to give up so much time. Oh, mm. now so much more responsibility is going to have to be, you know, on me as a leader, someone who doesn't take these things into consideration. Um, this is thought to be a motivator or motivation to lead one motivation to lead. And then a person could be either be a low or non-calculative motivation lead or high or non-calculative motivation lead. So, uh, and it's kind of counterintuitive. Why? Why is this kind of construct non-calculative? Why don't they just call it calculative, and it would be so much easier to keep track of I, I don't, it? I don't know. I have no idea. Okay. Um, that is like reverse coded or whatever. But yeah, mm. yeah, you're right. <laughs> um, so a person who is non-calculative, uh, you know, I was predicting that they would uh, report fewer self-serving behavior. Right. Um, and self-serving behavior. Again, this is the kind of this is definitely a criticism criticism of this type of study. Um, it's self-reported data um, mm-hmm. based on uh, very kind of behavioral questions, asking people how often they engage in certain types of behavior. Right. Um, so, so the argument there is where there might be some um, uh, some bias around people yeah. kind of self, self-reporting self that. Yeah, definitely social desirability yeah. uh, becomes an issue, um, which I did. I, I did use a measure to collect um, um, Social desirability, a social desirability variable. There, to compute a social desirability variable. So I use the behavioral. Uh, I don't. I don't remember what it's called, but it's by Paul House, 1988. It's uh, the BIDR. Um, so it's meant to tap into social desirable, or it's meant to assess people who answer things in very oh, social okay. desirable. So you kind of kind of parcel that out and and hopefully yeah, get, get that out. Yeah, I mean that's one sort of technique. Mm-hmm. That people use to sort of tease out or control for social desirability um, within the literature. And I think um, if you look up, probably a lot of different places, but I think where I, what I cited is uh, Podzikoff, Mormon, Mormon Fetter. I think they have an article from two thousand something. I don't know that talks about different different ways to address this, these types of issues, or these okay. different biases. Um, Are you guys going to, you're going to town on those gummy bears right now, aren't you? Yeah. What's up? <laughs> I'll stop. I can't, I should, I, we learned I should not eat. Yeah, that's why. It's, it's also like I'm. I'm slowly thinking this stuff. I'm chewing gummy bears. But uh, so um, yeah. So looking at that, you know, I did, you know, there was a significant negative relationship. And again, I, I separated. Again, trying to address these issues of common method bias and things. Mm-hmm. I tried to separate. Well, I separated out my IVs uh, from my dependent variable. What, kind of, uh, what was my, your response rate between those? Like. Did, you, did everybody who took the first survey take the second one, or was it hard to get people to take the second one? There's a lot of attrition, man. Yeah, um, I'm look. I'm like thinking about that right now. For I'm going to be doing something very similar. A lot so. of attrition. Um, Do you remember so, what the percentage was? Like how much more people I should try to get for the first if I'm trying to you know shoot for a certain number of complete uh, data points? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And also, I, I know that my first survey was longer than my second either. Mm-hmm. So I think some people might have been been turned off. Mm-hmm. You would you would think. Because they've already sort of completed the yeah, first. They've already well, they've already they're invested like, more time. Yeah. Um, okay. 
it depends. It depends how long your your stuff is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but and what what did you offer in terms of incentive? I'm sorry, I'm getting, I'm bogging down on the no, not, not the detail is, stuff. Again, this is this is good. Um, <laughs> I offered um, four fifty dollar gift cards. So a raffle. Yeah, a raffle. So okay. I still have to actually give those out, which. Yeah. Uh, but also, <laughs> I was really responsive to people that were curious about the results. So I told okay, them, that, yeah, yeah. you know, once I get the the results aggregated and written up, I could send them like a summary of mm-hmm. the of the results. Um, I think people tend to do these types of things for students because they just want to help out. Yeah. Um, so I, I even got responses or emails from certain people that were like, eh, no, do not have to enter me in the raffle. Mm, uh, you know, nice. they don't they didn't care about that. And I need to figure out how many, I've already done the raffle, but I need to make sure I've done it right. Cause I actually asked the question. I don't think I asked them the right way at the end of the survey too. That if they would like to be entered in the raffle to enter the email address, and not everybody filled it out, so I have to kind of be considerate. I don't know if I asked the question in the way that it was clear that if they wanted to be entered into the raffle mm. to put their name there. Mm. So I don't want to. I don't want to exclude people. Right, shouldn't be excluded, but something like that, or asking that in a better way, uh, might be helpful. Because some people, again, some people don't care about the raffle. They're just like, right. they just you know, help it's out. not going to take me a long time. I want to help. You know, this young kid that's trying to. Some people just like taking surveys. Yeah, I mean, some people are interested, man. Yeah, which that introduces its own issues with, like, you know, um, what's what's what do we talk about in research design? Like self- um, um, people that want to be good participants and things like oh, that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, you know, that has its own biases. They're, they're, they're trying to like basically predict what your hypotheses are and then help yeah. you support them, yeah. which just messes everything up. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, yeah. That has a phrase of wording I just slip in my mind. Um. So yeah, getting back to that, you know, mm-hmm. that direct relationship, uh, the rela- the direct relationship between um, ne- non-calculative motivation lead and self-serving behavior. There was a um, sm- small, eh, actually moderate, negative relationship. I can't remember the exact number. It might have been negative point two or point three or so. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the, the the more sexier, I guess, thing sexier thing I was looking at was whether or not these self-construct. Uh, self-concept constructs moderate that that relationship, and so and, mo- and and for those who just don't know, moderation is basically when when that is when that other variable is present, it kind of turns up or turns down the direct relationship. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what I found was, I guess, the, the one that I guess you know we're, we're basically in that moderation we we talk about in terms of there's an interaction between these two variables mm-hmm. on. Self-serving behavior. So I was looking for an interaction between um, non-calculative motivation lead and um, uh, let's say uh, collective self level of self-concept. I guess I didn't really talk about that, but uh, the idea that you know we within our identity within our self-concept we hold multiple identities and you guys can listen to some of the old podcasts where we kind of talked about this in detail but these identities can exist on multiple levels um so independent or interdependent levels in some of the literature they call it self-constructs um but it's the extent to which your identity is really defined by things that make you distinct from others or let's say things within yourself your own sort of personal identity and then interdependent identities are ones or is an identity that's constructed based on relationships with others, relevant right. others. Group, or groups group. that you're in, yeah. yeah. So um, I was thinking that the collective identity would moderate that relationship. was one of the hypotheses that I had. 
And I found out that it did. Um, cool. It tended to um, the, 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 the negative relationship that was there between like non-cognitive motivation lead and self-serving behaviors um, kind of went away for those who had higher degrees of collective self-control or higher degrees of collective identity versus those who had lower uh, uh, lower salient, I guess, collective identities. Uh, so I thought that was interesting. Um, other hypotheses didn't work out. So I had a couple of different hypotheses within my research, but I'm really just trying to, you know, in, it's, it's really hard to aid to find interactions, significant interactions in research or mm-hmm. in I guess, uh, correlational type of research, even, even in, in, uh, uh, true research designs. I mean, you have to, I guess, have a really tightly controlled mm-hmm. experiment, you know, and when you, when you get it, you know, definitely, it's definitely good. Yeah. So but, what, uh, what, what is kind of like the, I don't know, the, the general takeaway from that finding then yeah. you so you're working on a discussion right now, which is, so that's basically what you're kind of writing up, but what are your, what are your thoughts around that right now? And that's what I'm trying to, that's what I'm trying to kind of mm-hmm. figure out. And so part of me is like, okay, a lot of this stuff, when you start getting into, let's say, identity and things like that, or these sort of social con- or these cognitive processes or the social cognitive processes, although they can be theoretically interesting, can't do a whole lot with them necessarily. Going to the so what is like it's kind of difficult to think about. I mean, you can, but yeah. it, it takes some thought. Like so, I think that's that's sort of where we try to distinguish ourselves as applied sort of um, organizational researchers. Um, compared to like people, and I've had conversations with people like in the social, just strictly social psychology field. Sometimes they just like only studying those cognitive processes, you know, these processes, mm-hmm. uh, just because teasing them out is important. But as an applied person, it's like, okay, what do you do with it? You yeah. know, what's the implication? Yeah. And so, um, in sort of in, in my introduction, as I was sort of introducing this stuff, I think I was thinking in terms of, um, in terms of like at least motivation to lead or. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the even levels of self-concept uh, when considering leaders for, um, let's say selection, yeah, perhaps that's, it could be that's useful. what I was thinking. Maybe, but as an IO person, I don't know if you, that's what you want to be selecting on. Yeah, you know, it's a, yeah, you have to kind of thoughtfully do. Is that, that something you just kind of add to the cocktail of things that you are selecting on? Yeah, yeah, maybe maybe it's a component, mm-hmm. uh, or maybe it's a component of fit. So if you're an organization that values people that take the collective in mind. That's sort of a um, – you evaluating the fit of this individual for yeah. an organization. So sort of that collective identity uh, uh, is what you sort of select for. I can mm-hmm. see that maybe being a possibility. Mm-hmm. But then I was thinking about, okay, um, you know, this, this, this is kind of just got formulated. This is sort of just now formulating based on the stuff that we were trying to write up about um, leader identity development for these uh, – the, 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 the journal article chapter things that we've both been working on. Me working mm-hmm. on identity, you working on more – Coach, I think uh, coaching meta, uh, metacognitive metacognitive yeah. aspect is that there are some theories that really take an identity perspective in terms of leader development um, that talk about okay okay one way to make leaders more effective um, is to uh, no they don't talk this specifically but leaders go through a process of development that expands their identity from an individual identity to more collective you know what i'm saying so yeah, yeah which suggests that perhaps identities can be expanded or um and there's there's definitely theories of identity i think uh, or theories that could be applied to identity expansion uh, there's there's one called the 
I think self-expansion model that as we sort of develop or as time goes on or whatever, uh, we tend to focus less on the self and more bring other others, the group, the collective into our own personal identity. Um, so I can maybe pull from those theories to sort of yeah. generate some implications. What does that mean? And what does it mean in terms of leader development? Yeah, that's that's awesome. I mean, at the very least, it just must feel good to – I mean, this is – I don't know if people understand like how long-term of a project this is. I mean, when you you when did you kind of start pulling together your thesis? Over a year ago, right? Like well over a year ago. I guess it's when we first got into to school. I mean, I wasn't yeah. doing it in the first couple of months, but the first – through the first semester in, so yeah. oh, fall of 012, near the end of fall of 012, we were definitely working on drafts of a thesis, which yep. it's evolved so many times now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the first draft looks nothing like it ended up, the proposal. Right, but it's still the same project that you've been working on. Yeah. And, yeah. It, and, it, and I'm sure it feels good. I mean, this is like a, a qualitative step forward in the process, having analyzed the data and now working on the discussion. Um, yeah. There's only a couple of those you know, kind of qualitative changes throughout the the project. You know, once you maybe, you know, have the idea, you've got it written up, got it signed off, and now you kind of finished up that next next step. So for what so in terms of just finishing it up, it's writing up the discussion, um what getting it back into Becky's hands for her for feedback. Yeah. And that's it's that's really what it is, finishing up the the actual write up. Yeah. It's still not approved yet until right. Becky made that clear until uh both her and also my second reader right. uh review and me make changes and they review and me make changes. I don't know how many iterations, hopefully not, hopefully not that many because the yeah. proposal itself was already done, but they have to, you know, definitely uh, review the methodology portion and right. the analysis and the, the write up. But, um, cool. Well, that's exciting. Yeah. yeah that, that felt very long winded. So no, it was interesting. I like, well, I mean, I, I like hearing, uh, about, you know, what it is that you're doing and also just, it's kind of for, for me at least looking into my future a little bit with finishing up my thesis and collecting data and, and analyzing it and just the process that you've gone through you know the past couple of months of figuring out the best way to go about analyzing your data and just kind of wrestling with the the next step it was interesting and just i mean the the, the topic itself is yeah. cool to hear about so I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad you spoke about it for a while i have a uh, uh so i don't know yeah we have time. All right. So, yeah. Um, did you have anything else you were, you were about to get into? Because I was about to ask you a question. No, no, not really. So, something that was just now bubbling in my head. Um, I want to get your perspective on it because you do talk about work, obviously. Mm-hmm. You do operate theworkologist.com. That's right. Obviously. So, you talk about work. And I'm just thinking, and I may have said this on a previous, early, before our official podcast, uh-huh. podcast. Um, I may the have lo- said The lost somewhere. episodes. Yeah. Um, in terms of like, you know, work. And happiness within the work that you do, mm-hmm. and our ability to either not, let's not even see, say happiness because I think that can get people get too caught up on what happiness yeah. is. Yeah, satisfaction maybe. Satisfaction or yeah. to feel f- somewhat fulfilled or, yeah. or not. Let's say mi- minimizing the minimizing the nonsense or the mm-hmm. you know the, the 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 negative you know and uh, Matt not. And increasing the the the, the positive of work. I, sure. I don't know. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm, I'm on board. Suck, how do you make the suck suck less in terms of work? <laughs> because we spend so much time there. So, just thinking about work and how uh, the evolution of work in general has changed so much. We know that for a fact. Um, uh, I just listened to I think like a maybe it was Radio Lab episode talking about. Um, 
<laughs> it was kind of in jest, but they're like, you know, trying to identify the first job as we know it, <laughs> you okay. know, um, they went back to some like factory type of thing. Um, but even then, you know, work existed even before this oh, yeah. thing that they discovered and they, they acknowledged they didn't actually find that <laughs> the first job ever, but, uh, again, it was kind of in jest, but, um, so but we know that work has changed. We know that work is changing. I mean, the things that you talk about in terms of independent work becoming more prevalent. Yep. Uh, I'll let you spew off some statistics in a second after I ask my question. <laughs> no, put me um, on the spot. No, 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 no. <laughs> but where's work going to go? You know, mm-hmm. and I want to think outside of the box here, like really breaking down. I think we, we tend to get, to get stuck in these paradigms of thinking and that mm-hmm. the only way to do it is the way to do it is the way that we're currently doing it. Um, because we're just not either creative enough to think about alternatives or what. And I'm thinking about 50 years from now, um, sure. 100 years from now. Maybe it doesn't even have to be that long, uh, long from now. But it reminded me of um, – and so me thinking about that reminded me – I'll get to the point. I'm trying to get to the point in a second. Um, it reminded me of an episode of Star Trek. Now, okay. uh, um, this is definitely some nerd stuff. But my dad really loves Star Trek. Okay. I was not necessarily a fan of it when I was younger, but he was always watching Star Trek. So I've seen a lot of episodes. Now I appreciate it more. I mean, I'm not necessarily, you know, I'm not a Trekkie at all, but I do appreciate the show for what it is. Um, like, especially the, uh, Star Trek The Next Generation, that one, with old John Luke Picard. That's the worst. <laughs> um, and so I don't remember what episode this is, I've never been able to find it. But I remember, and this may be like a false memory, but I, I remember some episode where they're talking about why people are sort of doing the work that they currently do. And it was something to the extent of, and this is, they've eliminated all these, they've eliminated the, the issue of not, of being able to produce, I guess, things that they need and stuff in society for the most part. So why do people, why do people work? Well, people work for the betterment of society, for the betterment of themselves. You know what I'm saying? That's why people right. become things or do this. And, I was thinking about that and it's like, you know, wouldn't it be so much less burdensome if you had to, if you're working just to eat, you know, you know what I mean? Um, I mean, I know that sounds so trite and trivial, but you have people have to slave away just to eat, just to put mm-hmm. food on the table, just to put food in their kid's mouth. And wouldn't it be so much more awesome if you could pursue work out of a passion for it? And again, that way, that means work can look at so many different ways. Um, you can pursue things that, better society maybe there's no monetary gain there but you're doing it for a different reason and i know it's idealistic and probably someone would say ridiculous to maybe have a world like that but i'm like it's possible you know what i'm saying and there was plenty i mean we're talking a long time ago when labor saving devices were really starting to to fire up you know talking about industrial revolution and you you get people talking about how you know with all of these labor-saving devices, it means, oh, we can finish our work more quickly now, and now that means we only have to work five hours a day. And 100 years from now, we'll be all working three hours a day, and we'll have all this time for leisure, and we'll have this, this society of leisure, which obviously, if you look around, that hasn't happened because instead of... that, That prediction is predicated on us being satisfied with kind of our current uh, I don't know, wealth and, and level of, of living and, and what has actually happened has just been, well, we can work more, we can work quicker now. So that means we can do more work and create more wealth. And, and, you know, and that, some of the upsides of that obviously are, you know, the, just the society and, and the way we live has been improved, but 
also not really fulfilling that promise of having a a life of leisure or, or a society of of leisure. I don't know if that's what you're getting at, but I think about no, that no. a lot. Well, no, because I'm not even talking about society of leisure. You know, like right. I'm, well, I'm just talking leisure about leisure. So- leisure in terms of not just like la- lounging around, but like to pursue things because you want to pursue them, not because oh, okay, you have okay. to pursue them. Okay, because it, you know, like um, I'm going to use uh, was it your cousin? I, I don't know. This is an example. So if it doesn't fit, it doesn't fit. But mm-hmm. a person who likes just doing construction, right? Mm-hmm. Say they don't do it as a living, but they legitimately do it. Mm-hmm. You know, imagine that you could if a person saw their neighbor building a house and then. They had that, I guess, leisure would, would be just be like, you know what? I'm about to help this person yeah. build that. That because, fits le- my definition of leisure. Because, yeah. you know, so yeah, sometimes when people say the word leisure, I think people, at least I, my mind went straight to people just sitting on their butt we, eating it, chips. We immediately think about passive leisure. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah. one of our professors actually, Chick me high, um, kind of differentiates between passive leisure and active leisure. Mm. And, and active leisure are those things where – for some people, to the outside observer, might even look like work. It's those things like that. You work on yeah. building a house because you like doing it, or yeah. you you create music and try to get better at music, or you you know you deliberately practice some sort of skill that is not necessarily. I mean, deliberate practice is never uh, in, in never an easy thing. It's always easier to just sit there and watch TV or, or do something else uh, more more passive. But the more fulfilling activities come from that active uh, active leisure. And I guess. I guess in this sort of world, there'd be like no monetary valuation. You know what I'm saying? You would truly have the, right. the construction worker, the construction worker, the scientist, the, the teacher, the cop, the inventor. In terms of value, they all have, they all have value for society. Right. You know what I'm saying? Um, versus this, you know, it's almost like we talk about capitalism and all that stuff, but it's almost like an artificial value that certain things get and certain things don't get. When you think about the grand scheme of things. If the janitor didn't pick up, if the jan- if there was no one here, if the garbage men did not come to pick up the garbage, things would be back like when the bubonic plague was happening, where there's, you know, crap in the streets and rats running around. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, you can't just think the garbage man is an unvalued sort of job. You know what I'm saying? But um, why? I mean, if we're talking about, if if we're truly thinking outside of the box, why don't we? Why do we have to have somebody come to our house to take away our garbage? Why are there not? easily accessible depots where you can drop off your your garbage yeah i mean i mean there are there are way there are certain things and jobs that happen in our our society that we take for granted as it just has to be that way but Mm -hmm. i I mean i think there are probably many other examples like that where if there's a basic restructuring of just what is normal then then things are different i like that a basic restructuring of what is normal yeah you know yeah, and that, like I said, you know, that tends, you know, this sort of idea of normal definitely shifts with the with the time. Oh yeah, the sort of way of the way of thinking of of today, you know. But we tend to just get so caught up in again. This is the only way to think because this is the way we think, and I think it's just it's kind of ridiculous. I don't know. Yeah, well, it's, it's, and this is maybe this is a weird segue, but um, I, I I like to do this thing at the end of end of every year and then kind of carrying over to the beginning of every year where I think about what has become normal for me over the Mm. past year and whether I'm okay with that and I I will continue allowing that to be my normal or if there are things and tweaks that I can make to um, improve, you know, workflows or improve just the way I do things or make, you know, all, all, all sorts of different 
excuse me, positive, uh, positive outcomes. So that, yeah. and that's a process that I really enjoy doing. And it's not, I'm not talking about huge things. I'm talking about, uh, I mean, something as simple as is the way that I currently do email the best way I could be doing email for what I, for the type of work that I do and how I need to use email. Is there something else better out there? Yeah. And, and this year I actually decided to, I've been experimenting now with a new app for for doing my email over the past about month or so mm-hmm. and and I really like it and I don't know if I would have necessarily reached out and tried something different if I didn't kind of have this deliberate process that I go through roughly every year where I just start asking myself questions like that um so, uh, what, uh, what what what's the app it's called mailbox mm. it's owned by dropbox uh okay. now and I and it's um I won't go into super yeah, detail, yeah. but if you, they'll be uh, in the show notes, which can be found at the file drawer dot audio backslash episodes backslash nine. There'll be links to everything, but it's a uh, it's a it's nice. They have a nice version for um, Mac OS ten and also iOS, so for my yeah. iPad and my iPhone, and they all work together really well, stay really well synced up, and it allows you to very quickly kind of snooze messages for a, a later time, whether later in the day or later in the yeah. week or like send it immediately to the weekend and it'll reappear then or sending things to lists and having them automatically go places. I've, I've really enjoyed using it so far. Um, yeah. And, and things like, you know, the, my, my, how I keep track of my finances um, for a while, like I, I use a couple online services that automatically keep track of transactions and stuff. But I've been for the last couple of years, been pulling information out of that into my own spreadsheets mm-hmm. and, and I've, over the, like basically yesterday I worked on kind of eliminating that aspect of it. I realized it was kind of redundant for me to do that. And if I actually use these programs or these services online to their fullest potential, then I don't, I don't have to do that extra step of pulling the data, the data out and putting it in my own spreadsheet. Yeah. So the, so things like that. So, you know, moving into the new year, then I can feel like the things that I kind of just automatically do now, I've at least put some, uh, a little bit of conscious thought into. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna ask you. I'm gonna ask you a little bit more about. I mean, I know you said you rehash, and you did a little. You did a little pre work here yourself, sir. Oh, which I'm accidentally typing. I'm accidentally typing on the screen. Um, <laughs> I'm probably just messed up. Oh, so you're talking it. about just kind of rehashing 2014. Um, you just I clearly talked about what, what was working, what was not working, but um, you had things in this list that I don't know. If, I'm open to talk about. Um, we don't have I'm to go actually, into, into. I mean, we've. Hmm, I don't know if we have enough time to really go into it okay. full depth. Maybe let's do let's do this. Looking back, maybe we can each we can each do this, and I can go first. So you have a little bit of time to think. Maybe just um, you know, one or two things from the past year that whether they are movies or books or just kind of the things that you've really enjoyed from the past year that you'd want to share uh, with with our listeners. How's that sound? Hiking Mount Baldy. Yeah, I was gonna. I was actually gonna bring that up. That was uh, one of my highlights of the year for sure. Yeah, it, it's one of those things that I, I'm glad I did it, but I never. I don't want to do it again. I don't want to say I never want to do yeah. it again because I might. But forcing yourself to to do that or to do it for me was bad because I don't hike at all. Yeah. Also, I think I went out to the bar the night before, and I think I remembered. Remember, we do you remember how we started this? I called you. I was like, hey, man, are you coming? Because we were all at Hunter's and you weren't there yeah. yet. And I woke you up. Yeah. And <laughs> so I just threw some stuff in a bag. <laughs> and, you got, and I just went. Yeah. I don't know if you guys picked me up or if I just went. No, you came over and then um, we just left from there. Dude, that. And I, said, I was already <laughs> starting off. I wasn't 
I wasn't, I wasn't like hung over or anything like that, but I just was up late or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and I knew I was going, I remember I was going, I just woke up late. Yeah. But, um, and so not really appreciating the distance of the hike. Yeah. I, I didn't you know? really have a sense really either. I, it was longer than I thought it would be as well. I didn't anticipate us spending the entire day basically doing it, but I, it falls in the same category for me. I'm glad I did it, but I, I'm not shooting to, to do it again anytime soon. Yeah. It was just fun too, to, to hang out with the, you know, you, you guys and we don't, I don't, we don't, we don't do necessarily a ton of that stuff. Um, you know, obviously yeah. we see each other a lot in school and, yeah. and too, like with Dylan, you know, graduating and stuff. It was good to, to spend that time together. Yeah. But yeah, it, it hurt. Um, and that, you know, that's kind of, you know, I tend to put, like, I don't know if this is a conscious, this is definitely not a conscious thing, but I'm kind of thinking about it. Things like that or examples like that or experiences like that, I tend to keep in my head. When you talk about like questioning sort of behavior, or, um, maybe you didn't say this. Uh, if it sounds talking, good, if, I, if it sounds good, I said it. That whole idea of sort of rethinking about how, the way you do things type yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, in the process, I think I kind of do that. Like, you know, if, say you're doing something or you think something is going to be hard. That's a, sort of a good go-to example of you having done hard things. Yeah. And the hard thing that you're doing currently, it's going to be okay. You right, know what I'm saying? Once right, it's over. Right. And so I kind of, again, I, I don't I do not do it consciously. I'm kind of thinking about this right now. So mm-hmm. that's why it's not coming out smooth. But um, I definitely would throw that in a bin of difficult things that I refer to mm-hmm. if I am experiencing difficult things, like it's mm-hmm. going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, my body sucked during it, doing it. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and then we slept know, on the ground. Afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And just also having also one of those things I kind of looked at saying appreciation for being able to do something like that. Yeah. Even in the pain of it, you know? Yeah. And actually even in, in the pain of it, maybe this sounds weird or masochistic, but we, there is a, there's the pain of injury and then there is the pain of like you worked really hard and you really pushed yourself to the limit. Yeah. And I don't get enough of that second type of, yeah. I mean, you know, I spend most of my days sitting in front of computers, so I don't ever feel like meaningfully sore. So yeah. doing a thing where you've really kind of taxed yourself, um, that's, I, even though it's not enjoyable to feel like to have your legs be killing you and, and things like that, it's, it's still, um, in a way, kind of, kind of nice. Yeah. So yeah. So we we definitely share a, a 2014 highlight. Cool, man. So the next time we speak, we will actually be uh, in the same room with each other. I don't think I'll be back by then. I'm oh. coming back on the 20th. Oh, nice. That's awesome. Yeah. That is um, awesome. Then we will do this uh, the whole Skype thing again. Skype thing works, man. Beautiful. I do, I do like sitting in the same room better, though. Yeah. It's, it's a little weird. Um, <laughs> Not, but uh. Well, I mean, you do you do have your picture of me just sitting up next to your computer while we're talking on Skype. Yeah, it's right? like it's like you from mm-hmm. what two thousand and something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. How old are you? Is that? Oh you no, actually, gr- I, was, I, was, I guess we're actually talking about Skype. We're actually talking about my Skype picture. I th- I was talking about a framed picture that you keep with you at all times that you just set up <laughs> wherever you're working. All right, man. Cool. Indeed. Have a good one. Um. Do we need to say all the stuff that we usually say? Oh yeah. Spotify audio. The file drawer dot audio. Subscribe, rate, tell a friend. Tell two friends. All right. All right. See you later, man. Peace, dude.